This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're going to have a chance. Are we? How are you playing? Dude, uh, I'm, I'm shooting some pretty high scores. Okay. <laughs> but I am smashing the ball and... I just plan too narrow of a course. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Rory is back. Bryson has a boo-boo. We pick our PGA Championship winners and an update on the Olympics. It's all coming up on the 90th edition of At The Turn, Nick. You say you're striping the ball right now. Joe, I'm, I'm at the turn is breaking 90, and it might be the only part of this podcast that's breaking 90. Hell yeah. I love it. Before we get into what's happened on the professional circuit, I do want to start with a would you rather. So, a bit of background here. Probably the person I've played the most golf with in the last five to seven years, my buddy Andy. As chill as chill can be, he makes Romy look like the most uptight person in the world, who's, you know, Romy's our laid back buddy. Andy always has the music out there. He's having a good time. When someone's playing bad, he tries to crack jokes. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. But he is a very, very laid back demeanor. And he sent our group golf chat, our, our group text, just a tirade yesterday afternoon about he was out there with his wife and his brother-in-law and sister-in-law, and they were trying to have a chill time out on the golf course, and a group hit into them, not once, not twice, but three times. Oh, no. Three times, and he was going to confront them with, like, a golf club, and his brother-in-law, <laughs> who is a psychopath, calmed him down and was the voice of reason. I think it was one of those situations when you see someone acting so crazy, even if you're crazy, you're like, wow, that person's out of control. I have to calm them down. So it got me thinking, would you rather be hit into or hit into somebody? Now, I'll go first because I just sprung this on you. I want to give you yeah. some time to think about it. I, I would always. Any time, but, but no, I, I know this is, this is an easy answer for me. It's an easy but answer go ahead, for me, go. too. Okay. okay. I'm going to say I always want to be hit into rather than hit into somebody else. Because if someone's hitting into me, the onus is on them. They messed up. It's not on me. If I hit into somebody else, I'm the jerk. I messed up. I should have waited. It's a nice day. I have no reason to rush. I don't know why I decided to hit that ball. And also, and I think this is a crucial part of it as well. How many times in the years you've been playing golf, have you ever seen someone be struck with a golf ball in the air from the group behind them? I've been playing golf 
for 20 something years. I have never, ever seen that. Now I've seen someone get struck with a golf ball in their own group. My brother, I was about 15 yards off to the left and he pulled one off the club face and it hit me in the back of the shoulder. That's happened before, but I've literally never seen someone get hit with a golf ball from another group. So I would always rather be hit into than hit into somebody else. Yeah, that's the easy answer. My my golf game is is 50% dedicated to shooting the lowest score possible and 50% dedicated to the things that I can control when I'm not shooting the lowest score possible. So I want to make sure that everybody around me is not noticing me. You want to be you want to be a referee out there. You know, if nobody notices you, then you did a great job. You've you've done what you came there to do. So any day hit into me and I would love to have seen this um, because I feel like when people get hit into, it's not the actual danger because that ball is like rolling and maybe trickling up like 15 yards behind them. They're not in actual danger. It's just the perception of like the nonverbal communication, like hurry up, you know, it, it's, it's really impolite, but I don't think, like you said, people are usually in danger from getting hit into. It's just more the, it's just the, the getting hit into in itself. It makes you mad. Um, and it was it was also incredibly late into the round. This happened on 15, 16, and 17. Like, I'm sorry. Once you hit, like, hole 13, mentally the round is, like, starting to wind down, and I don't really care how fast it's going. Like, at that point, it's sort of been determined the pace of your round. Right. And I never understand the perspective of hitting into someone as if that's going to make things go faster. Like, do these people actually think, oh, well – if I hit into this group ahead of me, that is going to be the trigger for them to play more quickly. It's like, no, that's the trigger for a fight and how you end up on Dateline NBC on a Friday night. Every time I see a video of a a fight on a golf course in one surface, like, a, like I don't know, a month ago or three weeks ago, oh. I, I just always assume it's somebody hitting into somebody else. And I'm like, I don't know who I'm rooting for in this fight, but I'm rooting for the guy who was getting hit into to win this fight. Yeah, it's always terrible. It's never a good look. And it's interesting because I feel as though when I get paired up with random people, 98% of folks are so chill, just want to have a good time out there. But I would say there's more than 2% of people that would want to hit into others. So I think it's the oh, – yeah. I've heard it described, and I'm, I'm going to borrow a line from my buddy Shane. He calls it car courage. When someone has a lot of courage when they're in their car, but when there's a face-to-face confrontation, they shrink a little bit. And I think the same perspective applies on the golf course. When someone's 300 yards out from you and you decide to hit, there's like a theoretical person out there. But when you're face-to-face with somebody and they're heated because you tagged their wife on the shoulder with a golf ball, that's a much different person. Just don't hit into people, folks. Wait. It's fine. Ask to play through. Communicate with people. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking because like I, I'm trying to decide where my cutoff is, like when mm. I hit into people because I was playing yesterday and I was like 245 out on a par five and there was a group on the green and I waited for them to get on the green to hit, but I didn't wait for them to finish the hole. There was no chance I'm hitting the green. If I hit a perfect shot, it's getting like 20 yards from the green. You know, is that hitting into somebody? No. So... I'll say this. I always look at it as I take the 1% golf shot. I take the best. Like I think of, okay, if I'm out from 230 with a three iron, have I hit a three iron 230? Yes. Do I usually do it? No. 
I would wait every single time because the worst thing that can happen is you hit a great golf shot and it leads to some sort of fight or incident. I never want that to happen. I always want to feel good about my golf shots. Now, I will say if I've driven a par four before that someone's been on, it's always been super chill. Like no one's ever really been mad when that circumstance has occurred because I think there's an understanding of like, all right, this hole's 300 yards. It's knucklehead behind me, hit a really good one. Like I'm, I'm not going to get mad at this guy for this ball rolling up to your feet. I think it depends on the person who is being hit into as well. If you get a real jerk out there who is having a bad time, got in a fight with the girlfriend the night before, the baby won't sleep, job's not going well, and then you hit into them and the ball's just bouncing around them, they're going to flip out. So I think there's a lot that goes with it. General rule of thumb is I take my best possible shot, and if that could occur and it hits into somebody, if I execute that golf shot and it hits somebody, hits somebody, it rolls into them, then right. I try not to do it. I just don't see the need. Right. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. We're all good then. We're good. You know who else is good? Roy McElroy. Your boy wins at Quail Hollow. Did you watch much of this? I watched zero of this. Ah, well, it was it, it was Mother's Day weekend, and it, uh, and this you is know. your hey, Happy Mother's Day to Ash. First official Thanks. Mother's Day. Was it a good time? Did you guys have fun? We went to a tulip festival. What a great Mother's Day activity that is. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, happy Mother's Day, Ash. Uh, Roars was really good. The headline Thursday, Phil Mickelson went out, shot himself a 65 out of absolute nowhere, and then subsequently tumbles down the leaderboard the rest of the weekend, which is fine. You know, good for Phil. Rory picks up his 19th PGA Tour win, Nicholas. So Rory now, to put that in context, it's his first win in 18 months. It's his third win at Quail Hollow. It was called the Wachovia Championship, and now it's called the Wells Fargo Championship. It moves him from 15th to 7th in the world. And I put a little something together here. So, Roy McIlroy, with his 19th PGA Tour win, is now tied with Ernie Els, Tom Kite, and Hubert Green for PGA Tour wins. Those are Hall of Famers, Nick. Rory now has more PGA Tour wins than Patrick Reed, John Rahm, and Xander Schauffele combined. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. So how do you feel about Rory winning? It's nice to see one shot win. He tried to give it away in the last hole. He bogeyed 18. He almost drove it in the water, but he found a way to get it done in tough conditions. To me, it's always good for golf when the best golfers play well. Yeah, I think I think it's the best golfers playing well. I mean, Rory wins good. You know, no surprise. I, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to pick him to win the PGA Championship, even though he's won there before. Um, I need to see him win three times in a year or win a major before I'm just like all over the Rory. I mean, Rory should win. He's one of the best players in the world. And, and according to Joe, he's when he's playing his best, he is the best player in the world. And so I'm not going to go crazy over a win. He should be winning every year or every other year which is about, you know, one win in 18 months. So great. I think it's, I think it's a, a, a great sign. I think it will be, makes the rest of the majors more exciting. You know, certainly will, will pique my interest for the PGA championship. Uh, I'd love to see him win three times in a year or win a major. So it's swell, but you're not going to change your opinion of where Rory's at in his career based on this. Exactly. It, it, it just should happen. You know, Hey, the Patriots won a Super Bowl. Eh, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> probably should happen. I think it's great. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for Rory. You're right. I think Rory's best is better than anyone else's best. He wasn't at his best. It's not like he played flawless golf. He just found a way to win a golf tournament, which is, I think, a more encouraging sign to me. Because if you look at the margin of victory of a lot of Rory's wins, eight strokes, five strokes, seven strokes. He won the U.S. Open by eight. He won the PGA by eight. Like, Rory blows out the field in the same way Tiger does. So once he does that, I think I'm more inclined to say he's quote-unquote back. But he picks up his 19th PGA Tour win, three more majors to go, familiar venue coming up in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll see if he makes any of our picks later on in the podcast. Nick, you said you didn't watch the tournament. Did you follow the saga of Bryson DeChambeau, your bro? I saw. I did see something over my morning cup of coffee that he uh, had an early departure and then and then had to make his way back to the course. Uh, what a, what a fun story, right? Yeah. So for those that didn't see, Bryson did not play well Thursday, Friday after he finished his second round. He was in ninetieth place. Figured, ah, I'm gonna miss the cut. Hops on the private jet, heads back home to Dallas. Did you know Bryson lives in Dallas? I think so. He went to SMU. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Although, Nick, after Bryson left, the conditions got worse. By the time he landed in Texas, DeChambeau was inside the top 70. He made the cut. So Bryson decided, ah, I'm not going to withdraw. He took a 2.45 a.m. private jet flight from Texas back to North Carolina to make his tea time of 8.10 in the morning. Played brilliant over the weekend. A couple of three under par 68s got himself inside the top 10, finishing joint ninth, a cool $228,000. And I'm not going to say most importantly, but of note, he is now atop the FedEx Cup standings as a result. And he was quoted as saying, like, look, I'm not going to jump on that flight and do all this nonsense and, uh, you know, finish dead last in the tournament. It's like, okay, Bryson, well, how come you finished 90th? Yeah. Why, were you, why were you 90th after 36 yeah. holes then? Like, I, hello? I know, exactly. But good for him. He did Bryson stuff. Finished ninth. And uh, yeah, I guess it's nice to have private jets available when you need him with the drop of a hat. Well, he's got a, the NetJet sponsorship, so it only makes sense. Well, I, I read something that he couldn't just land and head right back because the pilot's you're only allowed to log so many hours before you have to have like mandatory rest. And so he couldn't just turn right back around for that reason. So that's why he like had to wait and take that two forty five AM flight. I think it's awesome that he finished in the top ten and like you said, Phil was the story after the first round and Bryson goes back to Texas and then comes back and finishes top ten. Weird story, cool story. That's pretty much what Bryson DeChambeau is in a nutshell. Does this make you like him more or less? I'm going to say I'm flat. Okay. No opinion change on Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to change that. Maybe a little bit less because I hate the quote about, oh, I'm not going to fly all the way back there and not play well. Play well Thursday and Friday, you goober. Like, that's such a bogus quote. He's he's just tailor-made for Instagram. That's all That's all he's concerned yeah, about. I don't, know, I don't know what to make of him because I feel like he's not playing very well, but then you just mentioned he's at the top of the FedEx Cup standings, which – isn't my favorite metric, but it indicates that he's doing something right. Yeah, it's like that's kind of leading the money list, but also not. I'm sure a U.S. Open win probably helps that a little bit. He might. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I want to take a break 
And then I want to come back with our PGA Championship picks, and I am so excited for our Olympic update to end the show. Do you have anything to share on our dear friends at Precision Pro? Um, yeah, actually. Rustle something up, can't you? Yeah. Well, they got rangefinders. I know that. Sorry, I'm looking for some some like actual detailed information. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm leaving this I all feel in, like we way. don't give the fans enough. You know, we just tell them they can save some money, but <laughs> I sometimes think they need to know more. Okay. What do you think so, they have to know? Well, let's take the NX2, for example. Just the NX2, the non-slope version. If you're just looking for, to get into the rangefinder game, this thing's 170 bucks. Mm. Or is it? Oh. No, you use promo code TURN10. It's 160 bucks. You're going to save $10 off your NX2 rangefinder. The NX2 gives golfers accurate measurements that they need in a modern and ergonomic design that they'll love. Mm. So mm. the NX2 is engineered to be incredibly simple to use. It makes it easy for golfers, young and old, to hit their target. That thing's 170 bucks. 160 bucks with promo code TURN10 at checkout precisionprogolf.com. Pick up the NX2 or any Precision Pro rangefinder and save $10 with code TURN10. I'll probably start hitting a draw off the tee if I if I use that rangefinder. I hope. Nick, the second major of the year is nearly upon us. Your favorite major, the only all professional field, the PGA Championship at Kiowa Island in South Carolina. I love this. I'm venue. not sure. I'm not sure if it's my favorite major anymore. <laughs> because you, I, I don't think you that's have a requirement. Employer. You don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to pump this like you did. Yeah, and, and also. And one thing I want to talk about before we get into our picks is uh, the Ricky Fowler exemption. And I think I'm going to use that as an excuse to make the PGA Championship not my favorite major. Okay. Why? What do you, you, you have this. You can't just be opening the door to Ricky. Come on. Why? 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 Then why not any? Why does Ricky deserve it over anybody else? It's not that he is deserving more than anybody else. It's that there's going to be a slew of Ricky Fowler commercials during the broadcast. And this gives him the opportunity to make the cut and be into the field over the weekend. Being a celebrity has its perks. And Ricky is is very marketable. Pro-Am? Ricky Ricky is very marketable. It's not like he's never performed well in the PGA Championship, for goodness sakes. Now, were those performances six, seven years ago? Maybe I'm in favor of it. I think they want big. Yeah. They look, they want big names in the field. I mean, the PGA championship, there's, there's big names in the field. Right. I mean, I I get Ricky, but don't you think it's embarrassing? No, I mean, okay, great. So we're not going to have another club pro from friggin' Augusta, Maine. Yeah. I hope Ricky Fowler takes the spot of a club pro who shot, you know, plus six in some tournament in Des Moines, Iowa, to get in the PGA Championship. Look at me just dragging this tournament wow. through the mud. Now, oh look, God. I think it's great that Ricky's getting an exemption. I hope he plays well. He hasn't really played well in, like, two, three years. No. Do you, it's do unfortunate. you want to take a gander at uh, – So, so uh, first I'll ask you this. Do, okay. do you know what his world, world golf ranking is right now? I would guess he is I see you typing on the keyboard. No, no cheating. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to guess before because I, okay. I, I was about to look it up. I'm going to guess. Oh, I should know this. I looked it up the other day. I'm going to say he's in like 111. 
It's it's 122. All he needed to do was be in the top 100 to qualify for the PGA Championship on account of being part of the last United States Ryder Cup team. He couldn't get himself into the top 100 in the world to get into the PGA Championship. You're making it sound like that's an easy thing to do, Nick. When you miss that many cuts, you've got to get your world ranking knocked down a little bit. Exactly. Make some cuts. This anti-Ricky stance that you have just planted your flag into, I, I... just no, don't I, understand. I would just prefer to see him do it on his on his golf game. Make it on his, his own marketing steam, ability. Not his yes, state farm not, commercials. Exactly. Yeah. I hope you pick him to win now. I think that would be awesome. Um, Nick, have you identified a dark horse contender and winner of the PGA Championship? Absolutely. Now, I think it's important that we start by saying... The At The Turn podcast and the extended family of At The Turn are 1-0 and in identifying major winners this year. Ashley O'Brien Heidelberger correctly picked Hideki Matsuyama as the Masters winner. She didn't need a dark horse. She didn't need a contender. She picked one name, and it was the damn winner. Good on Ash. I have some thoughts about who's going to play well in this tournament, Nick. Um, would you like to start with your dark horse? Uh, yeah, I will. I will start with my dark horse. My Great. dark horse is a zero-time major champion, oh. which is which is why he's my dark horse. <laughs> but but he's playing well. He finished second this week. Uh, Victor Hovland is my dark horse. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Victor to get his first major championship at Kew Island. Wow, going with Vic, huh? Yeah. How about okay. that? I think that's a great pick. I love Victor Hovland. Uh, it feels like it's time for him to compete in major championships. Um, he's never missed a cut in a major. I actually looked at him as well. Wow. And yeah, he's he's been playing very, very well. He's, he's 11th in the world. So I think that's a great pick. Very excited about that. It's a great pick, but not as good as my dark horse. Now, okay. let me okay. let me just let me just say this. Part of me wanted to pick this guy as the winner because the profile the profile fits. I love that you you can't decide if a player you pick is going to be a dark horse or your outright winner. I know. Imagine being in my it head. Says it's so a much mess up there. So there is this profile of a very consistent professional golfer who has like one major to their name. Someone like a Jim Furyk, a Darren Clark, someone who is just very very consistent, and they get that one major, and then they're out. And I think this guy. Fits that profile very well. He has six top tens and majors in his career, including a playoff loss at the 2015 British Open. T5 at this year's Masters. He is a winner. He won the team event, the Zurich Classic. And Nick, how about this? He played at Kiowa Island in the 2012 PG Championship, picked up a T27. He's number 38 in the world at 60 to 1. 60 to 1. What a tasty number. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Mark Leishman is my okay. dark horse. Wow. I am um, very excited about Leish. He just, he, he's like 37, 38 years old. He feels like he'll, if not like this tournament, like he'll sneak a British in, in his career, like a random one that he'll win by six shots and no one pays attention to. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how Louis Ustazen did a, a while back. Just kind of one of those random major winners. I feel like he fits the profile. Could be this week in sixty to one. Oh baby, you throw wow, some smackers that, on that. That's a, that's a good number. No, he did. I did look at him because the first thing I do is I look at the most recent major because I have this theory 
that like close calls always come back and get it done. And so I did, I did see his name out there. I, I, I didn't have him on my list, which I'm glad because we've had, we've had some pretty similar lists before. So we have, we, um, now I will say before we move on the other dark horse that I was really, really interested in, but I didn't know if he was in the field. I spent way too much time trying to figure out who was in the PGA field yesterday. I even tweeted at Doug Ferguson, a grumpy golf writer. And I was like, is this guy in the field? And he's like, yeah, of course. Uh, Garrick Higo. Now, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the young man uh, from South Africa, but he is ripping apart the European tour right now. He's 21 years old. He won his last two starts. Like one was last week. I think he shot 27 under and he picked up some record where he has the quickest three professional wins, either in the PGA tour or European tour at the youngest age. Like he, he broke a record of tiger woods. So that's all you need to know. He's going to be in the field. He's like 80 to one. It's his first ever major. Like the list of guys who have won their first ever major is very, very small. Most of the guys on the list, you know what major they won the PGA championship. So something to consider. If you're looking to take a flyer on someone, 21 year old Garrick, Higo, very impressive golfer. I've caught him 5 a.m. the last couple of weeks, waking up for my Sunday game. Dude can hit it. It, it would be, it would now he may miss the cut by 10, but he may compete. That's why he's hey. a dark horse, maybe. Hey, I love it. I love it. Um, okay, I've got a contender. Okay. And similar to that leash pick, I think this is a guy who's, who's going to pick up a major at some point in his career. He's just been kind of steady Eddie for a while. Um, Patrick Cantlay. Yeah, I like that pick. Always a good pick. He's he's one of the best ball strikers on tour. I saw him in the like twenty two to twenty five to one range. Perfect mm-hmm. contender. Um, I don't see him a lot on leaderboards in the majors, which is surprising because he does pop up in regular tour events a lot. I know he's had some good finishes in majors, but he's he, never he, really contended. He had a good finish at the Masters. Um, not this year, but in November. Previous. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, I think the 2019 Masters mm. actually. Um, you know, but it's, it's all it's all relative. Uh, he won the Zozo. He was second at the American Express, a third at the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am minus yeah. the Ams. Um, he's he's just a consistent guy. He's he's always around. He's got some game. I, I think he's gonna get it done sometime. One of those guys with not a glaring hole in their game, which is why he's always in the top 15, top 20 of the world. I love the mm-hmm. Patrick Cantlay pick. Well, Nick, you stole my steam. My contender's oh, no. Vic Hovland. Uh, that's why oh, no. I knew about him. I mean, look, he's got, he's got the pedigree already. I, I, I see him at 28 to one. He's played in five majors, no missed cuts. He's finished in the top 24 in all of them, including two as an amateur, which is damn impressive. I think it's time for him to contend in a major. I'm curious what his top 10 odds are. Those numbers usually don't come out until the week of the tournament, but he would be one for a top 10 bet. If you can get it at like five to one, I think that would be a really good bet. He's just really, really steady. Never seems like the moment is too big for him. I, I would be surprised if he isn't in the top 20 when the tournament's all over. Yeah. Well, I I must say it's a great pick. Yeah. 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 I bet you do. (laughs) All right. You ready for my winner? winner? Your winner. The fiery Spaniard. Rom? John Rom. Oh, I hate it. Hate it. You hate it. Convince me. Well, is John Rom going to win a major? Majors are tough to win. Just ask Ricky Fowler. 
well, cuts are tough to make. John Rahm, um, he's a top 10 machine. He is an absolute top 10 machine. He finished fifth at the Masters. Uh, he's, I'm just doing some quick math. He's finished in the top 10 in all but two of the tournaments that fit on my screen. So what does that tell you? How big is your a, screen? He's a top 10 machine. Oh, it looks like it's 10, 12 deep. <laughs> you really think John Rahm is going to win a major? Oh, yeah, for sure. Nick, he's never had a top two finish at a major. His 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 best finish at a major was the 2019 U.S. Well, top Open. Top two? I mean, like, top two? Yeah, top two. Yeah. Second. Top twos are hard to get, Joe. They they are, and he doesn't have one. I, I like I like John Rahm, theoretically, as a pick. He's a top ten machine in the Masters. Like, he destroys the Masters. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe this course suits him. John Rahm could win the PGA by four strokes, and I would not be He's surprised. number three in the world, and he's got the second best odds of any player in the field behind Rory McIlroy, 12 to 1. All right. Yeah. Okay. We, okay. Sitting here on Sunday, and, and when we – well, I guess next Sunday because we're recording this on May 11th. We're a little little ahead of the game, folks. For once. You, you, you would not be surprised. I mean, I know this is a dumb question to ask you because he's a, your literal winner that you're picking. Yeah. But wouldn't wouldn't a part of you be a little bit surprised if he got it done? No, not at all. Not. No, not not at all. I mean, out of out of everybody in the field, he's the guy who I I think is going to win. I don't think Rory's going to win. I don't I don't think Jordan Spieth is going to win. No, I don't either. I think I think Dustin Johnson might win. I think Justin Thomas might win, and I think John Rahm might win. Is Justin Thomas the best player in the world that you? enjoy the least watching i i was just thinking that i i don't i don't he doesn't yeah, do it for me i i don't i don't i'm not on the justin what what thomas bandwagon anymore and he should be he should be the most relatable golfer a la jordan spieth because he is very slightly built he's an average looking dude like he probably weighs like i don't know a buck 50 soaking wet and he hits the ball a mile it's difficult to put my finger on what Justin Thomas has about him that makes him unappealing as a top tier golfer. Is it just that he doesn't have a hook? Like he's just a dude who's really good at golf. Like Spieth is a weirdo. He makes 90 foot putts. Rom is a huge Spaniard. DJ and Brooks are super bros. Like everyone kind of has a thing and JT doesn't really have a thing. Maybe JT is like a, like a nineties golfer just in the wrong era. He is he is Davis Love the Third transported to this current era, right? Yeah, he's Davis Love the Fourth, basically. <laughs> I love it. Uh, my winner is so on the nose that we've said his name like nine times during this podcast already. It's Rory McIlroy. There's, there's no chance it's not Rory. Yeah, it's Rory McIlroy. He's the odds-on favorite. I try to get cute with my winner. I'm not going to do it this time. He won at Kiowa Island by a million shots in 2012 been seven years since he's won a major he has had a slight return to form i'm not going to go crazy and say he's all the way there he did get a victory which was nice to see good vibes going once again i think rory's going to get it done i do yeah you know when you go through the exercise of of picking you know the the winners for this for this tournament rory mcelroy is the starting point you know he's he won here the last time it was it was at kiowa He, he just won last week I think ultimately for me, the question I ask myself is, do I think he's going to win 
twice in three weeks after winning once in 18 months? And the answer is no. And that's that. That's what it boiled down to for me, why I didn't pick him. It, it just seemed a little reactionary. Look, I know he's got the game, clearly. Um, but for me, I, I just don't think he's going to win twice in three weeks. See, I have the opposite reaction. I think Rory is someone when he gets hot, he stays hot for a while. He has had these streaks before in his career. Uh, he had a streak where he won the British he won at Firestone, which is a WGC, and then he won the PGA. I'm not saying he's going to rip off something like that, but I think Rory is a guy who needs to take home a trophy to get the confidence back, and I think he's done that. I would be so shocked if he is not a factor over the weekend. Like Maybe he won't win. Maybe Brooks goes crazy or one of the other top players goes absolutely nuts. Or I'm ready Rory for some was- more Brooks. I'm ready for Brooks to, to, I to take home another trophy. I am too. I mean, he won in Phoenix. He basically popped up in Phoenix and is like, I guess I'm just going to win this golf tournament and has disappeared for the next like six weeks. It's very Brooks-like. But Rory is my pick. Um, should we do our Wags picks? Did, did, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, did, go, Lacey, go ahead with Lacey, Lacey's pick. Yeah. Lacey, uh, is, Lacey is stealing Ashley's thunder. She's identified Hideki Matsuyama as the PGA champion. Only one player in the field has the opportunity for a Grand Slam this season. And that's Lacey's pick, Hideki Matsuyama. Okay, I, I love it. Um, Ashley, I, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be transparent. I think she was feeling the pressure on her oh. pick because because oh, no. I asked her, you know, who, who's your pick? She kind of clammed up a little bit. She said, oh, no. "Well, I, I don't know. I don't know who's in the tournament. I don't I don't know any, who, what, what golfers do I know." And I'm like, "Well, you know some golfers. Come on." She's swinging tight now. She was swinging yeah, free. You know, I mean, you know, yeah. she's steering it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but she came up with a pretty good pick. Abraham answer. Oh, I love that pick. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. God, she's going to get it again, isn't she? That's a really good I, I pick. So, yeah, I love that. Okay. So let's recap our PGA championship picks. I'll go first. Lacey picked Hideki Matsuyama, the master's champion, my dark horse at 60 to one, the Aussie Mark Leishman, my contender at 28 to one Vic Hovland and my winner at 10 to one Rory McIlroy. I went international. How about that? Yeah. My dark horse, Victor Hovland. I had him at 33 to 1. Uh, contender, Patrick Cantley, and my winner, John Rahm. And my my wag pick is Abe, Abe Answer from Ashley. And I have, I'm going to throw this this best value pick in there, Joe. Ooh. Yeah. At 44 to 1, Patrick Reed. 44 to 1, Patrick Reed. Yeah. Someday we're going to get you off this Patrick Reed kick. I don't know how we're going to do it. Look, I'm just saying, are you surprised? I'm surprised at that number. That's, yeah. that, that's all I'm saying. I'm a little surprised. I, I'd be at surprised number. if he doesn't finish in the top 10. Also, if you're trying to get a big return again, Garrick Higo ripping up the European tour, 21 years old. I saw him at 80 to one. You can probably get him at hundred to one in some places. Nick, before we close up the 90th edition of At The Turn, I've got a robust Olympic update for you. Mm. Are you ready? I am ready. Oh. I'm all about the Olympics. I feel like I feel like people aren't giving Olympic golf its due. Well, it's only happened once. I think that's the big thing. So for folks that are unfamiliar with the process, qualifying for the Olympics is based off the world ranking. The brief explanation is no more than two players from any country can play in the Olympics. Four can, but they have to be among the top 10. So what does that mean? So on the men's side, there are four Americans in the top 10. On the women's side, there are four South Koreans in the top 10. So on the women's 
side of the draw, they'll likely be four women from South Korea. And on the men's side, they'll likely be four golfers from the USA. Great Britain, for example, if they had four golfers in the top 10, they would also get four golfers. But from that point on, each country can only have two golfers representing them. So if you go further and further down the list, what you're going to find are more obscure players for more obscure countries, since the majority of the top 50, 100, 200 are populated by the same countries, right? You got 10 South Africans in the top 100. You got like 30 Americans in the top 100. So Nick, if you were an enterprising golfer and you had an eye out to the Olympics and perhaps your wife was from another country, you may think to yourself, well, if I get citizenship in that country ahead of time, I could declare myself a citizen of that country and perhaps make the Olympic team. Well, we have the most beloved Rory in golf in McElroy and the most disliked Rory in Sabatini, native of South Africa. His wife is from Slovakia. He is a citizen of Slovakia. And right now, Nick, he is in the Olympic qualifying by virtue of switching his nationality from South Africa, which he would not have qualified for. But guess who's the top-ranked Slovakian right now? It's Rory Sabatini. Yeah. Crazy like a fox. I mean, I respect the hustle 100% because this was this was done years ago. 2018. He, he set his mind to making the Olympics. And I think for all the guys like, like DJ who are just like, nah, Grew not going to play in the Olympics. Um for someone to to value it that much, I think is is the right approach. I I don't love the method. You know, it, it would be great if you could say, "Hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna become one of the top two South Africans." Obviously, um, that's a lot tougher. I, I I respect the hustle, and yeah, I mean this this was a when you set your goal two years in advance, which ends up being three years in advance, and then you can go and fulfill that. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to hate on it. That's a commitment. That's true. And let's not sit here and act like Roy Sabatini is the first person to fudge his nationality in order for to qualify for the Olympics. No, he's just the biggest jerk who did it. No one likes Sabatini. Just for those who aren't familiar, they used to do a poll, and they probably still do like a random poll of PGA Tour golfers just to get a pulse, you know. Who do you like to play with the most? Who's most likely to steal your girlfriend? I think Dustin Johnson's probably the answer to both of those. And then it's always, who's the most disliked golfer on tour? And Rory Sabatini wins it every single year. I don't know what it is. It's just probably his general demeanor. He just seems like a red ass. I don't really know how else to describe him besides that. So do you think that having a limit of two to four players per country is is enough. I mean, I, let's look at the Americans who are going to be left out. And and Joe, this is this is not my bias. It's just the next five Americans <laughs> who are not currently qualified for the Well, Olympics. DJ's not going to play. DJ's not going to play. So JT, Bryson, Xander and Colin Morica, what a if team it right now. Are I don't your need four anyone else. In. What's that? I said that's a great squad. I I don't need anyone else to represent okay. America. They're they're good. Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Cantley, Tony Fino. That's your next five Americans who will not be participating in the Olympics. 
if the qualifying ending if the qualifying ends today, I think it ends after the U.S. Open. Is that right? I think that's right. Maybe the British Open, but it, they they have a little bit more time. Right. Yeah. Does I that mean, sound about right to you? That 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 cutoff seems like it's in the right spot. I think so because the whole idea of the Olympics is you're giving countries an opportunity that wouldn't necessarily have them. Like you're going to have golfers in this field who are never going to play in majors, or at least if they did maybe one in their career, like I'm looking at the list right now. And as you scroll all the way down, like I'm looking at golfers from, you know, Zimbabwe, Poland, Italy, like, there are some names on here I don't know, Nick, and I'm not like, you know, the be-all, end-all, but a perfect example. The last players in the field, their official World Golf rankings are 282, 280, and 278. So these are guys that are not going to play in majors, but because you have this restrictive nature of qualification, it allows more countries and more players into the field. And look, competing for a gold medal from someone who is not from a golf-dominant country, I think that's fabulous. I think it's great. I really like the format. And it would be unfair to have more than four Americans just because there are so many within the top 40 or top 50 in the world. Yeah, that my, my first reaction was like, oh my God, like the top player, like a lot of the top 30 players in the world aren't, aren't going to make it based on, you know, the people who their, their countries are overpopulated in the top, you know, 30 in the rankings. Then I, I sat back and thought about it's the Olympics. It's, it's a collection of countries. It's not a collection of the best in the world at that one thing. So from that perspective, it being the Olympics makes it more fun. I think we're going to learn if, if you watch that whole tournament, you're going to learn about a lot of players. You probably learn a lot that you don't see week to week. So I think it'll be fun. And, um, I'm 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 all in on Olympic golf. How many of the top fifty golfers in the world do you think are American? I just counted. <laughs> I, I'll bet twenty-five. Pretty close, twenty-seven. Okay, not as exciting as I thought that would be. Yeah, uh, Nick, do you have anything else before we close up shop? That's all I got today. No, that's a good that's a good episode. All right, well, I'm glad you're smashing the ball. You sound yeah. pretty excited about your golf game right now. It. Oh yeah. There's a lot of potential there. <laughs> it's good. Hope springs eternal. That's all we can hope for, Nick. Hey, by the way, I'm leading a golf tournament right now. There's a uh, a two-round tournament at my club in Portland, and I'm oh, tied God. for the lead after round one. Huh. Well, when, when's round two? Sunday. Let's go, baby. Oh, my God. Let's go. The spring tournament. It's the first major of the year at Glendivere, so <laughs> I might have posted. a chance for the Grand Slam. <laughs> Oh my God, let's go. <laughs> it's very exciting. Hey, remember, turn 10 at checkout, precisionprogolf.com. That's how I'm going to win the Grand Slam at Glendevere off Northeast Gleason is having my distances dialed in. It's going to be a great time. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the PGA Championship. Nick, will have to do a review immediately after the broadcast. Can't wait. All right, sounds good. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.